How's everybody doing? We're at part four now. We're getting into the analogy of being when it comes to uh, metaphysics. So before we get started, um, I didn't. I actually didn't have a after show last week. I just couldn't find anything relevant to the topic. But uh, this week, I did find a text from De Veritate that is going to be helpful. That won't be up tonight because I have uh, a few things going on tonight. But tomorrow, I will. Uh, we'll get it up. So that will be available on patreon.com slash militant Thomist, patron of any amount. So there's nothing really to lose. And then also mug. Don't forget about the mug. Um, really helps out the show. And um, what else? I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. You know, normal social media stuff. Also, uh, just to remind you, not many people know about this, but I do have a uh, podcast if you go on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts. So subscribe there if you prefer audio and then um before we begin uh we are sponsored by fluent greek now so i know if you're a seminarian out there that you have lost your greek don't lie to me don't lie to yourself don't lie to others you're pretty bad at greek you're not that one percent so um with that foundation you can go to fluentgreeknt.com and from that they will build you up verse by verse by verse easier verbal forms to harder verbal forms and you will you will be a master of greek by the end of it guaranteed by me myself i guarantee it it's just a really um amazing um it's a really amazing tool amazing pedagogical techniques i can't um recommend it enough so let's get started here um metaphysics for analogy of being I wonder if I made myself, yeah, I should do this. No, that's terrible. Let me put myself down there. Okay. So to, today we're going to be talking about how predication works with common terms. So for example, uh, the word white. The word white can be talking about a person's last name. It could be talking about a house. It could be talking about um, many different things. Um, it could be talking about a race. It could be talking about... Um, a lot of different predications. So how do those terms, the term white, and how does whiteness itself relate to those objects which are white? So how do we, how do those terms white relate to one another? So there are generally three ways in which a term can be commonly predicated. So first, uh, equivocally, second, univocally, and third, and analogously. So we're going to go over those in a bit more detail. So the most interesting of these, and the one which we'll be covering in the most detail, is going to be analogous language, because that's going to reveal a lot to us about theology, especially the doctrine of God, and about creation itself, and then also about logic. And analogous language is just super, super important. So we need to understand the analogy of being, even if it does sound a bit boring at first. So there's three general categories. Oh, man, my face. Let me remove myself. Um, so first there's univocal language. So that's when two terms are predicated of different things, but in the same way. So for example, when I say I am white and the house is white, I'm predicating whiteness in the same way. So second, we have equivocal language. So that's when two terms are predicated of different things in different ways, only sharing the form of words. So for example, when I say I am white and James's last name is white, White, while sharing the same word, is completely different and has no common reference. Then third, analogous language. This is a bit mixed. So that's the what's described as the mean between equivocal and analogous terms. 
And that's when there is still a single object real in reality signified, but in different ways. So that's a little bit um, abstract, but here's the concrete. So for example, if I were to say that I am healthy and that this food is healthy, um, I am not saying that in the same uh, mode. So the food does not have any physical health to itself, but rather the food is called healthy because it exists in the mode of giving me health and making me healthy. So that's the relationship between the food and health. It's not that it's healthy at all in its in itself, but it's healthy insofar as it gives health to other people. Okay. So now we have the um, different types of analogies. So while we have our general overlay of analogy, there's going to be these different categories which we speak in, which are going to become extremely important. So analogous language is subdivided into two categories. So first, there's the analogy of attribution, also known as the analogy of proportion. And second, there's the analogy of uh, proportionality. I don't know why I forgot that word. Analogy of proportion. I can speak analogy of proper proportionality or improper proportionality. So, okay. Oops. Let's get back. I don't know why I can't remove myself from down here. Okay. So analogy of uh, attribution is when the same term applies to several subjects because they have some relation to a quote, principle analogate, which has the term intrinsically. So this principle analogate is going to be the main term to which everything else is related to it. So our example of um, food and health, um, I am the principal analogate to which food's health is only related to. So only I intrinsically have health. So that's only one type of analogy, and that's called the analogy of attribution. And then the other is called the secondary or minor analogate. And it's only um, it's only referred to the... Uh, the principle analogate insofar as it participates in it, that is giving it health or, um, or driving health from it, being a sign of health, et cetera, et cetera. So our example of healthy man and healthy food, the only reason we call the latter healthy is because it is the cause of health in the man who is the principle analogate. Okay, so now we're getting to the real important stuff. Here's the analogy of proportionality. And I see there's somebody in the comments. Are you guys going to make a meme out of that analogy of proper proportionality? Okay. So the analogy of proportionality, very, this is the most important concept you need to understand. There's actually two, uh, two subdivisions in this too, but we'll go over that. So the same term is applied to multiple subjects because the term is intrinsically in the subjects, but the mode is only proportionately the same. And this requires four terms rather than three terms. So that might that might just be very, very abstract to you. But in, in the concrete, it would be like saying this. So George Washington is to America as I am to my son. Therefore, we are both called fathers and that we share a certain proportionality. So it's not that the um, the individual terms are related. So I have no relation to George Washington and my son does not have a paternal relationship with America. Uh, that's not how it works. But because uh, George Washington's relationship to um, to America is like my relationship to my son, there's a proportionality between the two sets of terms. And therefore, we're both referred to as being a father. And that our fathering is in a completely different mode. 
So it's not a, um, so it's not collapsing into a univocal or an equivocal uh, term. Okay, so now there's two types in this too. There's analogy of improper proportionality, and then there's also the analogy of proper proportionality. So the analogy of proper proportionality is the very most important one. So I know I said analogous is the most important of that, and then proper proportionality is the most important of that, but the real brass tacks gets down to proper proportionality because that's where we're going to understand the nature of being and then also uh, understand when we use language with God. So those are two very important um, aspects to that. So um, it's improper. Uh, and I said it's proper in the slide, but I meant improper. So it's it's an analogy of improper proportionality when the term in one subject is in its proper sense and in another in its improper sense. So if we talked about a lion, the dignity of a lion, the dignity of a king, and then both are called kings. Um, when we speak of a lion as to animals, as a king is to man. So when we speak of a lion being a king, we're talking about it in its improper sense, not its proper sense. And we're speaking about its kingship just because of some likeness, not that it's in itself a, uh, a king. So that would be an improper proportionality. And then George Washington being the father of America, that's also speaking of an improper proportionality because he's not actually uh, the the genetic parent of America. Okay. Now this very, this is the important part. This is where, this is where it all comes down to. So the analogy of proper proportionality. So this is one of our most important concepts in the doctrine of God and in the metaphysics in general. So we can't understand the relationship between God and our language about God without understanding the analogy of proper proportionality. So in this, the term is intrinsic and proper to both parties. So we're not uh, using the improper sense in either of either of them. So we're really getting down to a pure, um, proper analogy between the two of the type of um, usually the way in which they phrase this is A is to B as um, as C is to D. That is that is an example in, in a term form of a uh, of an analogy of proportionality. So uh, the classical example we're going to find of um, of an analogy of proportionality is that our seeing is to the eye as our understanding is to the mind. So our seeing is to the eye as our understanding is, is to the mind because our seeing is our proper, um, our proper act of our eye. So is our understanding the proper act of our mind. And just as we speak of, um, and, and then here, uh, this is why we can speak of our mind being illumined or of intellectual light, because there is some proper proportionality between our mind and understanding and between our sight and seeing. Therefore, the, the analogate is is made. So, so which is being? So is being, when we speak of being, is it equivocal? Is it univocal? Is it an analogous? And how are we speaking of it? being analogous. And this is really what sets Thomas apart when we're talking about being. So um, with agnostics and nominalists, they hold that being is equivocal. So when I speak of me being being, uh, when I speak of, where's my white monster can? Gosh, it's not here. When I speak of my mug, buy one. When I speak of my mug being being, when I speak of uh, my phone being being, when I speak of these matches being being, when I speak of all these beings, I'm you really using the term being equivocally. And there's actually not any sort of relation between them. 
And, but this is obviously false because then that would make all of my statements unknowable because there's no um, common term of predication between being. So being just becomes a, uh, a wax nose and there's no actual meaning behind the word being. So um, that would make all of our statements mere equivocations. So then also uh, pantheists will hold that being is univocal. So that being is the same exact with no differences in everything. So the same being that is this mug is also the same being that is me, which is the same being that is my phone, which is the same being that is this candle. So we all share the, the same exact being. And this comes from a perversion of the idea of transcendence of being, which we'll, which we'll see why it isn't pantheism uh, coming up. So this was really absurd because then, um, then that would make everything God. So everything would be God because God is a being and uh, he, we share his being. And then this shares his being in the, in the, in a univocal sense. So we have to go between these two errors of pantheism and then agnosticism on, on the both sides, because we can't hold that being as purely equivocal. We also can't hold that being as purely univocal, but the correct view is that being is analogous, which is self-evident because the difficulties above that idea that being is analogous. Okay, but what kind of uh, what kind of analogous uh, language? So there's going to be three main views. And I'm not going to go into detail. I, I guess that I could in another stream. Maybe in my Patreon stream, I'll go into go into detail about um, exactly why um, all these are wrong. But that would take forever, and that would that, that's not really for dummies. I don't think I could dumbify the the reasons why they're wrong. But when it comes to SCOTUS, so there's three main views, SCOTUS, Suarez, and Thomas. So with SCOTUS, he said that while being is analogous because of the nature of an analogy, it is also univocal in reference. So as a brief reason why I think he's wrong, I think what SCOTUS does is SCOTUS collapses all analogies into analogy of attributions. So he thinks that there has to be a principal analogate and then a secondary minor analogate, but he doesn't realize that when we talk about the relationship between being and, uh, and being properly speaking, which is God, we're talking about this an analogy of proper proportionality, not this an analogy of attribution. So I think that's where Scotus's error is. And then, um, with Suarez, Suarez said that being is an analogy of attribution. So Suarez actually just straight up falls into the era of Scotus and taught that it is such an analogy. The, per, the perfection attributed is found in all analogies, including secondary analogates. And then the Thomists, which are correct, would say that uh, with respect to God and creature, substance and accident, there is analogy of proper proportionality, formally speaking. So there's this. Although virtually speaking, um, there is the admission that we can speak of an analogy of attribution um, between beings. Okay, that's all I have for you. Um, if you'd like to see the after show, uh, patreon.com slash militant um, Maybe I will. Maybe I will just go into a bit more detail about the reason why all of these other positions are wrong and why the Thomas position is correct on proper proportionality. But that'll be that'll be big brain. So only I only have the only have the big brains in the Patreon. So thank you all for uh, for staying with me today. Uh, at seven o'clock, I'll be having um, my stream on uh, heliocentrism, I mean geocentrism, with uh, 
Robertson Janus, and then um, Byzantine Scotus. So thank you all and God bless.